The Tights and Fights podcast, for over six years, a revolutionary force in sports and entertainment. on June 7th, 2023, and the world has lost a great light. The Iron Sheik is not with us anymore, but I thought rather than opening the show with a song, I would share some of the recent messages that he sent out to the world. Here we go. Take a minute of your day to be nice to someone, you dumb son of a bitch. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You dumb son of a bitch. Fuck the Apple Vision Pro headset. (laughs) And finally, I fuck with you, fruit gushers, but I can never find you in the store like I used to, Bubba. (laughs) Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Bullet Lub for Life, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, the Wise Dan, Danielle Radford. Does Philadelphia allow me to have that? Yes. Okay. What, because of Wise Chips? Well, no, because the Wise Dan, the Wise Man, Polly? Yes. Polly Dangerously? Yes. He's a, he's a New York guy. Well, he's a New York no, guy, but come on. I mean, he's ECW. I get the ECW thing. Yes, you, you are allowed in. It's Lindsay that's banned, and she is not properly prostrated herself before the city of brotherly love to earn her way back uh, I think in. That, but yeah. wrestlemania is like less than a year away i don't know what to i say. think she's speaking for me i think she's trying to speak because my <laughs> voice has been suppressed by the city of brotherly love <laughs> i like to think that you've turned a corner and evolved your and i would like all of them to think that when i try to go to wrestlemania next year <laughs> 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 we can spot a fake radford we can spot a fake damn it <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay is not here, but we do have a very special guest this week from podcasts like Spirits and Join the Party. It's Julia the Purple and Blue Meanie Shafini. Julia, welcome. I like that one quite a lot. Thank you. It's oh, so, you like that? Yeah, I like that one. I'm, I'm into it. I'm down for it. Listen, I'll take any nickname. I have gotten <laughs> weird ones throughout my life. I'll take it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's the hair, apparently, according to Julia. Julia so. yeah. well, I'm rocking Julia the blue the right now, but the purple was was like tight for a really long time. So I was yeah. very much like, please don't let it be washed out by the time she's on the show. Okay, it was still there. Good. We're yes, good. We're good. <laughs> it's going strong. Yeah. Now, Julia, as is customary for your first time on the show, tell us about your wrestling fandom when you started watching sort of how that evolved. Oh, boy. I think my wrestling fandom started when I was a very little kid. I would say like three or four years old. I would pretend that I couldn't fall asleep and then wind my way downstairs and then sit with my dad and watch The Rock. And I would be like, I can't fall asleep. Can I watch TV with you? And we would just watch The the Rock call people like jabronis. And, you know, my dad would do the, do you smell what The Rock is cooking all the time? I started doing that at my daycare center. And they were like, your child is trying to do wrestling moves on the other children. Can she <laughs> not? And my dad finally had to talk to me about that. And once that kind of died down, once that excuse was not really working for me anymore, my wrestling fandom did unfortunately kind of die off for a little while. 
I vaguely remember the the boys in high school really liked wrestling. A lot of them were super into the Hardy Boys. So they, I did theater and like tech in high school. And so a lot of them would just like get on the 12 foot ladder and then jump off them like through tables onto each other. And I was like, that seems unsafe, but I'm not going to tell you what to do because I'm five foot nothing and made of scrawny bones. <laughs> <laughs> they literally say don't do this on TV. And yes, I think that the theater and tech and stage handling kids are like a great way to get into wrestling because they were all all the tech kids when I was in school and doing like theater. They were some wrestling folks and that was like part of my gateway drug into getting in. Yeah. So I ended up actually marrying one of those tech <gasps> boys that I met in high school. Aww. Um, and when we moved in together while we were still dating, I remember waking up and he would wake up like hours earlier than me because he was an early riser. And I was like, I'm going to sleep till like at least 1030 on weekends. I'm sorry in advance. But I remember waking up one morning and I'm coming out and he was watching like the most recent Raw or SmackDown. I don't even know what show it was at this point. But like I would catch kind of like the last half hour as he finished episodes and stuff like that. And I didn't know anyone's names because like everyone was new on the roster. And I didn't recognize anyone from when I was four years old. So I would just be like, oh, look. <laughs> It, it's it's money dad or it's sparkle dad or it's snake dad <laughs> i need to Go know through. who all of these people are money dad was shane mcmahon because he would come out and here comes <laughs> oh the money. my god that's amazing <laughs> sparkle dad was chris jericho because he was going through that kind of like bedazzled blazer phase <laughs> Is, is Snake Dad Randy Orton? Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> of course. Who else would it be? Of course it is. I also would refer to Chris Jericho as my dad because he reminded me of my dad a little bit. So like in general, <laughs> that was kind of the vibe. Did your dad also have like weirdly edited throws to commercials in the middle of a conversation with you where the audio noticeably changes from like an echoey hallway to like, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But first... I want to talk about pop chips. Sometimes it felt like that. Just like, you know, we didn't always like get along. And sometimes mm. it felt like he wasn't hearing me and I wasn't hearing him. Sure. And then he would cut to commercial and talk about pop chips. Now, or Terrifier 2 for some reason. Now, see, I was just imagining that when you were a kid, you and your dad were watching TV. But for some reason, the TV was mounted on the wall and you were standing parallel to it, but looking out of it out of your side eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's usually how I would go about it, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> When we met, because mm -hmm. we hung out at PodX in Nashville in, what, 2019? It was years ago. Decades, I would say. Um. It was, like, at the point where, like, we did one and then we were we were all going to come back the next year. We were excited about yep. it. And then uh, it was 2020. Mm -hmm. But at that time, had you already trained? Were you in the middle of training? I was training. So to, yes. to finish it out... I got super into the wrestling watching it with my husband and we started like going to shows. We started like doing kind of local stuff as well. And around that time, I, a, a family friend of mine had just recently gotten married and I had met her now husband a couple of times. And I had like heard through the grapevine, like, oh, you know, Lauren's husband, he's a wrestler. And I was like, well, he's a wrestler. That's kind of cool. Okay. And so I saw her once like out and about with him. And I was like, oh my God, you do wrestling. I've always wanted to like learn how to wrestle. And he like kind of looked me up and down, me five foot two, <laughs> weighing like a hundred pounds, probably max at the time. And he's like, mm -hmm. okay, sure. And so I was like, well, that was extremely disheartening great but then like 
three or four months later, she texted me and she's like, hey, so Pat's school is having an open house. You should go to it and like, you know, see what they have to say, see if you're interested, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And I was originally not going to go because I had some other event and then the event got canceled. And I looked at my husband last minute. I was like, we should go to this thing. And he's like, okay. So we drove like 20 minutes from my house, go to this show instantly fall in love with it just I was like I could do this like there's other people like my size in the ring right now I could do this and so I like showed up the next week like sat in on a class and the <laughs> if you want to hear a wild thing the class that I sat in on MJF was teaching a promos class that day wow oh. so I stood in for like because wow. they didn't have any ladies in the class at that time and so I stood in for like the manager for one of these other guys who was trying out a new gimmick and it was like I was like I'm in love with this sign me up take my money I'll be here next week do you remember like one phrase of wisdom that MJF had or one pointer he had that you see in the work that he does on television oh gosh I I ended up taking a lot of classes with him because he really often would show up and like teach and stuff like that and it, again, this was all pre-COVID, so my brain is a little foggy Left. in terms of, mm -hmm. of lessons and stuff like that. But it was a lot of talking about, like, find what your voice is and make sure it comes through clear. Like, every decision that you make has to be, like, motivated by the character. Hmm. And I feel like that really does ring true in a lot of ways. So that was how I got into wrestling. And I, I probably did it for about, I started in twenty early 2019. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I started in January of 2019. And I went up until COVID hit. So I trained for like a little over a year. How did probably. your first bump feel? Yeah. Not as scary as I thought it was going to be. It was interesting, but like, it wasn't like... I don't know. Like, I, I think I like the sh first shit can scared me more than the first bump, for sure. <laughs> so when you start in January of 2019, you go through to like basically March of 2020. Mm -hmm. What skills had you gained? Had you put together a match in the class at that point? Were you getting was that something that was sort of in the offing? At that point, I had like done a bunch of spots in class. Usually you would do like spots, but not full matches unless you were. Mm -hmm like working towards a show or something like that, which the school, I should say, I trained to create a pro here on Long Island, which is run by Pat Buck and Brian Myers. And it is a fantastic school. If you look at their roster, a lot of the folks out of AEW are now were trained at create a pro and now work at AEW. And uh, it's a great school. Uh, if you're looking for wrestling and you're in the Long Island area, I would highly recommend it. They're great people over there. Uh, but yeah, I would, I had like, listen, I know I wasn't very good. I enjoyed doing it. And like, I remember one time they were doing a class. Again, this was an MJF class. And he was like, how many of you like want to eventually work for other either WWE or AEW? And everyone in the class raised their hand except for me. I was like, I'm just here for fun. He's like, it's good that you're being honest with yourself about that. I was like, thanks, guy. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> but like, you know, I the one full match I ever did was the school did birthday parties and other like events like that. One of my favorite experiences ever was I was part of a um, a gender reveal party show, which <laughs> I'm not a fan of gender reveal parties in general, but this one mm -hmm. was a intergender match between smart Mark Sterling and Chris Statlander and whoever won determined the gender of the baby. I think I saw that. There were clips of that online. Oh, So you might have seen me get a... 
a pile driver from Smart Mark Sterling when I refused to tap out Chris Statlander because I wanted the baby, quote unquote, wanted the baby to be a girl. So <laughs> see, that was a fun time. Uh, and <laughs> I, I, I have to apologize for this. Nothing was yeah. nothing was set on fire. Nothing was like you know. I hope you're okay with your breathing. I literally left New York yesterday. I was already coughing, so I can't imagine what it's like. Us LA folks will give you some tips if you need it after the show. I appreciate it. So back to the the question at hand. I was still training in the ring, but I was mostly doing interview stuff and like ring announcing and whatnot. So I was doing a lot of ring announcing for their local shows and they would have a weekly YouTube series where people who weren't doing like full matches would do kind of like uh, non-audience matches to train and kind of get their names out there and stuff like that. So that was mainly what my position at the school was after like a year of training, which was really fun. Like I really enjoyed that. And obviously I somewhat knew how to talk on a microphone since that was what I was doing for a living since 2018. So it was it was really a great experience. If the pandemic hadn't hit, I probably would still be doing it. But, you know, uh, everything hurts now. Mm. So <laughs> I haven't gone to a gym in about three years. Well, would you what ever you would you ever want to go back to ring announcing? I would think about it. You know, I'd have to like contact everyone again. And like I, I like vaguely keep in contact with some people there but it's not like i'm actively a student anymore so it kind of like is a a weird relationship and a lot of people did obviously go back after the pandemic and i chose not to mostly because i was trying to buy a house and i couldn't pay the amount of money monthly for for schooling anymore so I, i thought about now that you know, restrictions are a lot looser and shows are happening again, maybe reaching out to some of the local shows and whatnot. But eh, we'll we'll see. Right. We'll see in the uh, future. Do you find having gone through this training that now when you watch wrestling, you have sort of a different eye on it? Absolutely. 100%. Like my husband will often like when we're watching matches be like, who do you think's calling the match right now? I'm like, oh, it's very clearly so-and-so because you Mm. can see when they're leaning in and typically, you know, the heel will call the match unless uh, the other person has more seniority. And it's like, like, I know all the like basics, like the the building blocks now. So it's easier to kind of spot matches and where things are going to go and what kind of stuff, what outcomes they're probably working towards. And is that an enhancement, do you think? Or does it sort of take the magic away? The magic was always there and the magic I think still is there, but I appreciate the craftsmanship of it a lot more now. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Let's talk about some stuff happening in wrestling. As I mentioned at the top of the show, the former WWF champion and Hall of Famer, the Iron Sheik, has passed away. How about the background of the Sheik from Tehran, Iran, to Panamerican game, AAU game, Olympics, Olympics, heavyweight champion, heavyweight champion, how about the world heavyweight belt? That's what I said, the world's heavyweight champion, Sheik, please. Unbeknownst to me. Oh, no. Because I, I did not read the script. Oh. I, I basically got off work and came here. Julian has also pulled some quotes, so I'm going to – we'll go into some more Iron Sheet quotes. Can I have uh, – just lay a bit of music under this later on, Julian, like a nice, you know, maybe like Sarah McLaughlin or something. <laughs> All right, here we go. Chicago Bears, you play like the Chicago Jabronis. You embarrassing the Fridge Perry, Bubba. Fuck the Monday. Hashtag Monday Motivation. Hulk Hogan has micro-machine-sized balls. Get him! Get him. Hulk Hogan should be slapped at the Oscars, at the car wash, at the Target, 
at the steak and shake wherever he go, Bubba. Get it! And finally, Hulk Hogan. Just kidding. I hate that lowlife jabroni forever and ever, Bubba. Long live the Iron Sheik. I need another legend to come out and now be the person who goes off on Hulk Hogan every day. It's got to be someone. Is Nikolai Volkov still alive? Look, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will start recruiting. I'll do it for him. Let me tweet for you. Please, please, <laughs> legends, let me tweet for you just about how much <laughs> we do not like Hulk Hogan. I, I, I will do it for free. Yeah. I don't do anything for free. Someone's got to take yeah. up the legacy. It's a gift to humanity, really. I will do this. Just let me make fun of the racist all day, please. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) On WWE, we're in sort of like a lull. We're past Night of Champions, but heading into Money in the Bank, so people are starting to qualify. I want to talk about the qualifying matches. Mm -hmm. I don't know if LA Knight is ever going to get where the crowd wants him to go, but it, it amuses me to no end that every time that guy walks out into the crowd, they go nuts for him. He always gets a pop. He's a he is 100% a cool heel. When he worked that match with Montez, Montez Ford played the heel, which was really smart, and he was great at it. I mean, obviously they're they're I think they worked heel for a while in NXT, so they they yeah. know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But it tickles me to no end that a guy who just has a, an X factor, no matter what they do with him, the crowd cheers him on. I still think he would be a fantastic Mister Money in the Bank. I doubt they put it on him. It made me so happy to see him get the win. And he gets it by cheating because he's L.A. Knight. He's not a face, even if people are cheering for him, which I respect a ton. Hal, can you do me a favor? Explain yes. to me the appeal of L.A. Knight. Because every time I see him on yes. my TV, I just I don't get it. I simply don't get it. I think something that crowds connect with is that is that his like vocally, the musicality of his voice is almost an exact match for The Rock. Oh, like okay. they sound very similar. But way less corny. But yeah, because and he the has that is of his time, and LA Knight is right. of his time. He he has that ability to cut a promo. People go like, "Oh, the Rock could cut a promo and had this voice." So can he? He also knows what his character is, mm. and he plays it really, really well throughout an entire match. Everything you see him do on camera is in character, similar to exactly what MJF was talking about. Like his character motivates everything that he does. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the most exciting character. And I think that's maybe why it doesn't land as well with every, like there are definitely people who, who are wrestling fans that don't like him, but I just think he's his, the level of charisma he has. I also think he's the, I like the matches he puts on. Mm-hmm. I think he tells a good story in the ring, but he's so good and so confident. I'm drawn to it in the same way I was when I saw MJF where I was like, Oh, this guy is, this guy, like almost what he does between the ropes is mm. is not even secondary, but tertiary to what I'm watching him do mm. as a performer. Okay. And that's what I see in LA Knight that I like so much. All I can tell you is if you're holding some gold title out there, keep your eyes out because I'm coming for you. Money in the bank? Yeah, long overdue. Because whose game is it? It's LA Knight's game. Yeah. Also, just like for a lot of folks, like LA Knight's an old head, like he's been around. And so if you are someone who has been watching like a bunch of this stuff, you've seen him. And this is one of those ones where it feels like give our baby this shot because we don't know how many more of those he's going to get before they decide he's a manager. He's going to be in wrestling no matter what happens, whether he's talking, whether he's managing, whatever, he's going to be doing it. But you don't know how many 
big opportunity as someone who's been around in the scene for that long is going to get. And so I think for a lot of us, I'm one of them. I'm like, give him his shot so that he can like get into where he needs to be good, a good five, 10 years or whatever in there and then go do whatever is going to happen next. Because like, we don't know and bodies are bodies, you know? Mm Totally makes sense. And famously, WWE, very good at getting that timing exactly right when someone's got a lot of heat and actually oh, pushing them so appropriately. Oh, they are so good at it. Oh. So good. Nailing it. Oh. This is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Talking to somebody's ceiling is kind of weird because he's talented You never enough. know anyone's he ceiling. Could, he could be a world champion. Why not? But I think yeah. his, like the sweet spot for him is to give him a couple runs with, with secondary titles, mm. like decent runs. And then he becomes the guy in the mid card that helps prepare younger guys to move up Mm -hmm. like that feels like a perfectly great thing for him where he's on tv which audiences will like and also like the the immediate thing about him out of the box is he has catchphrases the audience the audiences Mm -hmm. uh chant along with everybody goes la night everybody goes yeah like they're there are a million people who are talented and higher up on the card that the crowd is not saying anything that they're saying yeah so like, it's just, like, you look at that stuff and go, this is somebody who can make us money. That's, like, the, that's the thing from a business standpoint is, like, I look at him and go, oh, he could make me money. Mm. So it seems like I have to give him another chance is what you guys are saying. There's also, I've, I feel like the Triple H regime has sort of done a return to what they would do in the 80s and early 90s, especially on Raw. You got a, a video package for Gargano, mm. and you got a video package for Katana Chance and Caden Carter before they came out and had a really good match with Ronda Rousey <sighs> and, and um, oh my God, I'm completely blanking on his name. Enough to the point that, like, all right, we know who these characters are, basically. So by the time they get to the ring, the, the and I assume that stuff is playing in the arena as well. Mm. I don't know how many people are paying attention. I remember I didn't, whenever, whenever I've gone to live shows, like, I watch that stuff a little bit, but I'm more transfixed on them preparing the ring and what's going on there. But for the home audience, like, all right, you have some context and now, you know, they can put on a good match. So they have something to build off of. In particular, I really like um, Katana Chance and I'm going to forget her last name because she's still like uh, Lacey, whatever to me. Caden Carter. Caden Carter, (laughs) which I I don't know how I feel about Katana Chance uh, as a new name. I don't know if you guys have talked about that yet, but I kind of hate it. But she's she's famous already. She's already famous as Casey Catanzaro. Like you don't need to change it. Like it's it's fine, but I always really liked those. Like I I remember seeing them in the May Young Classic and being like, yes, these two. Like I could tell you guys are going to be really good, and they put on a really good match with one a person I really hate and two a person I really like. So, um, <laughs> but like it was it yep. was nice to kind of see them. I was like I was like pleasantly surprised when I was watching the highlights because I didn't watch the the full episode, but I was really pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh hey, I see you guys are on the big stage. Good, that's that's good to see you guys so it's really nice to kind of see them like getting the promotion that they deserve and like getting the hype that they deserve for sure yeah and a lot of that is just setting like again it's what they deserve and doing it right so that you have stories for later on like not everybody they're they're never going to be enough slots on a premium event or pay-per-view whatever you want to call it for the the amount of talent that you have both just in numbers and in the number of people who deserve a shot at it Mm -hmm. so being able to cycle through them and keep stories going for them that is the benefit of a brand split if they keep up with it. Mm. If I feel like they're they're not really doing the best job of that, but yeah. that's historically them. I, I know um, um, it is very much what they do, and I uh, in this case, I'm just like I guess blame the multiverse. 
I guess everything is multiverse now. So they're like, yeah, you know, our Spider-Man can come visit. Blue Spider-Man comes visit Red Spider-Man. I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm a millionaire. I'm money daddy. (laughs) Play my toys, play. I am literally going to call him money daddy from now on. I need you to understand that. If I remember any other ones, I'll I'll try to insert them as we go. (laughs) Here comes a daddy. Here comes the daddy. Here we go. <laughs> money, 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 money. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Yes. Yes. Bling, bling, ding, ding, daddy, daddy. So fighting in ones. What are you doing? What are you yeah. doing, sir? In the, ones? The, Come on. Anyway. Sorry. The uh, the men and women's money in the bank letter match each have three participants on the women's side. You have Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, and Zoe Stark. While on the men's side, you have L.A. Knight, Ricochet, and Shinsuke Nakamura. But also Bronson Reed seems to be inserting himself mm. pretty heavily in there. I like what they're doing with him. Like, mm. everything's got stories, which I really enjoy. So far, is there... Uh, do you feel like the winner of each match is already in these matches? Or do you think they're waiting to sort of pop them in later? Because it feels like Becky Lynch is kind of a... I don't know that she's a lock, but it feels like... Mm. I don't think she's won that that yet i think it's the only thing she hasn't won yeah i don't i can't recall her winning it so that that does seem correct to me at least i feel like if it's between those three it's probably going to be becky lynch though they might like just to mess with becky and give her a feud put it on zoe stark i think they're putting Mm -hmm. zelina into kind of just not feed her to the dog so to speak but like to be the sacrificial <sighs> lamb almost which i'm i'm thrilled that she's gonna be in it because i was very concerned they were just gonna like put her in a manager role and just and leave her there mm-hmm. for forever but i like seeing her wrestle like again i like the the small like aj lee the zelinas like i like the the small girls like me yeah you know who are mad good at what they do so I, i'm the same as you where i was like they put her into this managerial role and it's like well we know that she can wrestle and then obviously we know that she can talk because when she did the movie but after puerto rico it's like you can't you gotta put her in something mm-hmm. i would like it to be her I, becky doesn't need no money in the bank no. becky can figure out a way to get into the main event if becky so wants to I want it to be Selena just because I'm like, Selena has had such a great year between, you can see how hard she's been training. Obviously she's been really good, but you can see that she's really been doing the work. All of her stuff in Puerto Rico was amazing and it showed you her star power. And then even when she uh, came back and was doing things, she still had the crowd on her side. Um, All the LWO things are fantastic. And that is a faction that, needs someone who has something important that they can hold up Mm -hmm. every faction needs somebody holding something and the lwo needs a holder and that can very much be selena queen of the ring was obviously great but they didn't capitalize on it and i think with this now that she's got this whole faction you can really capitalize on her having a thing to hold Mm -hmm. so i'm hoping for selena becky i i'm i think that they're going to get her out with shenanigans and then there, she's going to find a way to get into it anyway because she's Becky Lynch. And now she's like fully and like, you know, Bruce Lee, the bride, uh, uh, Bruce Leroy, yellow suit mode. Yeah. So she's going to find a way to get in regardless. And Zoe Stark is amazing. I think she has time. She doesn't need it right now. Now that you've said that and kind of talked me through it, I have a feeling that it's going to be like a Becky, Zoe, get into a fight sort of thing. Trish gets involved and then yep. Zelina does a sneaky sneaky and grabs the the briefcase. Like, yep. I if, think that if I was telling the story, that works. 
that works. And again, it's just like, it's, it's a thing that I'm a huge fan of right now. And I know not everybody is. I have always loved factions. I think factions are great. I think it's because I like comic books. So I'm always like <laughs> this group against this group against this group against this group, the X-Men and the JLA and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and the LWL. You know what I mean? Now they're doing that thing that I really enjoyed during the Attitude Era, which was putting women in all of these groups and basically allowing a lot of them to be the mouthpieces. Mm-hmm. And so again, the LWL, a great way to cement them is to have that power over the women's championship. And then you can lead that into a whole thing where going up against uh, Dominic and Rhea, maybe. Baby, like, this is mm, what I am saying. Mm, you are picking up what I am putting down. I got you. <laughs> oh, let me throw a wrench in the gears. Yeah, let me hear it, babe. Suppose that the winner of, of the briefcase is EO Sky. And the reason that's compelling is because Bailey is also in the match. Yeah, that is a great so Bailey reason. Bailey is supporting her until Bailey turns on her and tries to take it away. Because the the way that the 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 sort of wins of that of of that faction are prior to Dakota Kai's injury, that both of them were sick of Bailey, and Bailey was just almost uh, ignorant of it and mm-hmm. is trying to keep them together because of how great she is. So watching her have to play second fiddle, which is essentially what she made Sasha do. When they were tag champions and she she was world champion, mm-hmm. I think is a compelling storyline. And and Bailey hasn't had a lot to do lately. It's mm-hmm. kind of time for her to kind of time to put her a little front and center more and help maybe help prep her. Not that she needs to be prepped for a match with Asuka. Like for the people who did not watch NXT, do not we're not, we're not familiar with her work beforehand. It's an opportunity for them to really get behind her. And then her against Asuka would be a pretty great match. Oh, and Eo's Stankai against Bailey lately has been amazing. Eo's mm-hmm. Stankai in general was always good. Like, even from the <laughs> NXT days, you see that, you're like, ooh, girl, you're, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh, please don't go on the outside because you're about to get bucked. Like, you are done. <laughs> Also, I like that right now there is so much going on in the women's division that we can actually be able to play this like fun fantasy booking game. Yeah. Because yeah. there are yeah. so many active storylines aside from the one that we like and then that other one. <sighs> Shayna, I love you. Get free. Um, <laughs> Please. I know, I know you're quote unquote old friends, but girl, I get come it. on. I get it. Come on. You know, We're going to get there. We're going to get you're there. You're a bi queen. Get out of there. Get out of there. Look, <laughs> wheel out your roommate Dakota and all of your amazing pets and just like, I don't need them to wrestle. Just you wrestle by yourself and they'll be your tag team. Yeah. Just, something. just, just let it happen. Me. Just let it happen. I do want to talk about what's going on with the bloodline just because this this storyline for three years has continued to deliver. I have a a couple of friends, one of whom is very good at calling, calling like where the booking is going and things like impressively. So Mm -hmm. the other friend is convinced that solo is the one who's supposed to beat Roman. I was like, no, it's Jay. It's always been Jay. It's been Jay since he was the first one jumped in. Mm -hmm. It's Jay now because, because Jimmy is forcing his hand. Like it's just, it's, it's Jay. It's Jay. It's Jay. Hey, not like this. Not like this. I need you. I need you. I need you. We cannot fight like this. It's so good. Like it amazes me that they continue to get the crowd to explode the way they do in like every segment they have. I I am just like they've never. I've never seen anything. This sustained, this good in the 40 years that I've watched professional mm. wrestling. 
and I think it extends well before I started watching in terms of this is the I'm going to keep saying it's the greatest story ever told. I, I just watched the uh, the package that they did for the thousand days and mm-hmm. like and like I've been kind of watching WWE on and off like I'll, I'll tune in for like the big pay-per-views like obviously like WrestleMania and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. like I like see little nuggets of the, the bloodline storyline. I'm like. Oh no, this is really compelling. And they've been doing this for how long? Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm into it. It's like it almost feels and I don't mean I don't mean to get too blue, but like wrestling edging a little bit where it's like Yeah. They're they're just like just a li- li- little bit and then pull back and then a little bit and then pull back and then just like keep kind of going and going and I imagine when it finally does actually happen, it's going to be such a satisfying ending. Yeah, it's like Sting so. with his like his like karmic uh, orgasms, and like <laughs> it's and they did that thing again that I've been talking about that I love so much, which is specifically with the bloodline, specifically with Roman Reigns. They have gotten into a rhythm where they trust all the performers and the cameramen and the directors. Everyone trusts each other so much that now they can do these little scenes that happen outside the ring of Roman talking to Polly and uh, talking to other people outside the ring and literally like delivering dialogue without being a thing where it's like, I'm going to stand in the middle of the ring and hold my microphone where it feels like they're catching a moment that we're not supposed to see. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I talked about this at WrestleMania. I've talked about this before. I think this is the future of wrestling. I think that when people get, high enough to be like at the top of the card this is the thing you need to start studying are those moments where instead of it being well i need to cut my pomo in the front of the audience with the microphone in the center of the ring it's like no i'm gonna roll outside someone's gonna be there and we're gonna have a moment and the camera is gonna come in and it's gonna feel like a like we're doing a little sorkin walk and talk and they did it again this week they do it all the time What about Jay? Jay's gonna do what he always does. One of the major criticisms of WWE has always been this feels like The Muppet Show and that it feels like a show about putting on a wrestling show. And these are the moments that make you buy in where it feels like, no, this is a wrestling show. And now I'm watching a moment that I wasn't necessarily meant to see. And it feels like succession. It feels like we're all standing outside the room. Spoilers for something that if you cared, you would have seen it two weeks ago. We're standing outside the room while all of the Roy siblings are fighting and someone goes, I am the eldest boy. Like, that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm not supposed to see this and I'm being let in on something I'm not supposed to see. And that is a compelling thing about television. I'm trying to think of like the first moment where I felt like that in wrestling because like you said it's it's usually all over the top and it's a show about making a wrestling show and I think it was the moment where Samoa Joe was feuding with Brock Lesnar and obviously Paul Heyman was still involved at the time and that moment where Samoa Joe got so close to him and very quietly was like I'm gonna fucking kill you and I was just like (laughs) wow oh my god yes I remember that (laughs) Joe you're crowded listen 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 I'm going to wrap my arm around your throat, and you're going to feel it tight. And I was like, 
is he actually gonna kill him because like everything else i'm like yeah or you're gonna fight you're gonna beat each other up fine i was like is this man gonna kill this other man on television because this man genuinely (laughs) seems scared about what's about to happen here (laughs) it was so good it was such a misfire. They should I have know. made it longer. I no, agree. Don't feed into Brock. I agree. Yeah. And this was one of those ones where it feels like when they do the offsides, it's like, oh, this is like a mafia movie. This is the mob having like their own little powwow while they're waiting for like justice to be served in the bathroom or whatever. Mm-hmm. There are so many wrestlers where I'm like, I, I just start incorporating this more because this is what makes this feel real unless like it's Kermit running around like, oh no, uh, Gonzo set all of his chickens against our special guest. Ah, doing Muppet hands, you know? 100%. I think you're right on the money there. Well, you can continue to leave us your thoughts on the past week in wrestling and your favorite tweets from the Iron Sheik on our Facebook group and all of our other socials via the links in the show notes. When we come back, the Empress of Tomorrow. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Greatest Trek is the podcast for all your modern Star Trek needs. It's funny, informative, and now it's also timely. That's because every Friday, right after the release of a new episode of Strange New Worlds, Picard, Lower Decks, Discovery, or Prodigy, we bring you a review of that episode. There's some great new Star Trek coming up, and we're going to cover all of it. You'll like our show because we're both former video producers, so we bring a lot of insight into the production and filmmaking aspects to these episodes. And we also have a very refined sense of humor, so we make lots of delightful fart jokes along the way. So come see why Greatest Trek is one of the most popular television recap podcasts on all of the internet. Subscribe to Greatest Trek at MaximumFun.org or in the podcast app you're using right now. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, joined today by Danielle Radford and Julia Shafini. It's time to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Anal bleeding. Whoa! Get a life, kid. Rhymes with shit. Holy shit! WWE I love Kate. Look at this fight! And a hard fart victory. Live, Hal. What? Uh, rhymes with shit always gets me. And every time I hear a new one, I'm just like listening. I'm just listening for whatever the new edition is. <laughs> it's it's like ASMR to, for me. I just relax. It's getting to be like the AKAs on Bodega Boys, rest in peace. But like it's getting to be like that where it's like one of these days the whole episode is just going to be that. And I think I'm going to be fine with it. <laughs> yep. It's a good April Fool's well, joke. Just just laying that out there for you as a potential. Love. We'll just do a high and buy. That's it. <laughs> That's all we need to do. That's all we need Last weekend, WWE finally paid off Asuka's return, along with her new look and moveset, with the defeat of Bianca Belair to win the Raw Women's title. It is the latest step in a career that's had her stack up accolades as her fans constantly hope for more success. Here's the, uh, here, we have both of Asuka's theme yes. songs. Here, we'll start with the early. Let's, let's get that one in. That was Asuka theme number one <laughs> on WTNF. Thank you, Casey. Coming up next in our power block, it's her current entrance music. 
I do love this. I love the old one, but I, I really love this. This is really dope. Asuka first came to NXT in 2015, where she was immediately presented as a force with an undefeated streak, and then she came to the main roster in 2017. Nobody is ready for Asuka! As a whole, at her run so far, uh, Julia, what's, what's your impression of how they've handled her throughout? So can I start by telling you my favorite Asuka story? Please. So the first pay-per-view I ever went to was a TakeOver Brooklyn. And it was the mm. match where Asuka was up against Ember Moon and broke her collarbone and had to forfeit the title, but kept fighting, finished the match, won the match, and then had to uh, vacate the belt the like following NXT. And it was, no joke, one of the greatest matches I have ever seen live. It was so fantastic. I was basically standing like on top of the person in front of me the entire match because I was so <laughs> freaking stoked the entire time. That entire takeover was incredible. That was the one where it was Johnny Gargano against Andrade and then Zelina throws the DIY shirt in his face. It was um, Drew McIntyre against Bobby Roode for the title and they brought like the full choir out and also the bagpipes. It was a wild takeover. It was so fantastic. But Asuka ever since then has always been like one of my favorites has always been like one of those people that I was like I am looking forward to an Oscar match has always in my opinion been on point with everything that she was doing even if the storylines weren't necessarily like right on the money for her but she always handled anything they threw at her very very well I loved her run with the Kabuki Warriors and Kyrie Sane and it's just like Everything that they have throwing at her, I've always liked. I always kind of preferred heel Asuka to face Asuka, which I'm very excited that they're kind of bringing that back now, even though I hate the clown makeup so much. I hate clowns. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay because it's Asuka. Julia, it's Asuka. You don't have to be afraid. I know she looks like Pennywise right now, but it's okay. <laughs> it's like when your uncle dresses up as like Santa and you're like, I don't know this man. And it's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's your uncle. Oh, it's fine. It's yep. cool. It's cool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's kind of how I feel. I'm like, oh, with the clown makeup, but no, she's really good, Julia. It's okay. I'm like, just enjoy it. <laughs> so, like, there's something about she's very likable, but there's something about her that's like natural heel, but the heel that you like mm -hmm. to me always works better as a heel because she's so dominant. I think dominant baby faces get boring faster than dominant heels mm. because you want to see, you're supposed to want to see a heel lose you're not supposed to go i'm sick of this baby face run it's time for you to turn heel because mm. uh, this feels like it's run its course well and also the thing about oscar is like when when oscar was kana like her thing was like she was strong style and i think it's very hard to do the style that makes her dominant and makes her kick ass without her being able to like legitimately kick someone's ass. And they're not going to do a lot of strong style in WWE. And I think that that's good and appropriate because I would like all of them to have as many of their abilities as possible for as long as they can. But also if you're selling Asuka as this killer and then you have her be a baby face, yes, she's very good. But what sets her apart from everyone else, what has always set her apart is that she will murder you because she is a 
crazy clown lady. <laughs> and when her and Eo go against each other and they're just cutting pros in Japanese, I'm like, we could just do this, y'all. We don't have, huh? it doesn't have to be one of those weirdo things where it's like, oh, well, they can't cut promos, which is like both of them speak English. It's fine. Yeah. But also this is fucking dope too. One of the best promos I've ever seen Asuka cut was with Eo when they were both like speaking Japanese to each other. <laughs> Oh, I know what baka means. The last person just goes, bitch. I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> Let's talk about the mist a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the last person I remember using the mist heavily was Tajiri. Mm. That was his thing. Yeah. Tajiri! But, but the mist has generally been like the audience knows it's coming, but it's a little bit more clandestine. Like the performers in character or in interviews don't talk about it. Mm. But Asuka's like... Just juice it out of her mouth and it on on uh was it the Grayson Waller effect. Uh, it like, looks so cool. It does. It looks. <laughs> yeah. She looks. She looks venomous. Yeah. Yeah. It it fits her so well. Do you think this is something she'll keep, or is this like a phase? Because once Tajiri started misting, it never stopped. He didn't do it initially. It took yeah. like a year or two for them to introduce that. I hope she gets to keep it. I really liked how she used it at Blood Money slash Night of Champions, uh, where mm-hmm. it missed. And then she still managed to use it by like putting it in her fingers and then raking Bianca's eyes. I thought that was a great use of it where it was like, oh, well, she's not going to win because the mist didn't work at first. But no, no, we were able to use it a different way. I think it shows that it can be utilized in various ways and not just like, oops, surprise missed, and then I win the match. So, Especially while she's heel, I think they'll keep it. Mm-hmm. I think that her mist is like Bianca's ponytail, where it's like, if she's heel, they're going to use it all the time. If she's face, it's only going to be broken out for like emergencies. Mm. Mm. And I hope they do. And it doesn't take away from any of her athleticism or any of that. Again, she is the Joker. That's what that's Joker shit. I want to see her on the Brooklyn steps, like doing the Joker dance. Like I want to see it. We need it. Someone has to tell her to do it, and it'll just happen. Next time they're in New York, please, please, please get her on the Brooklyn steps and have her do the Joker stuff. They're not that far from Barclays. They can just do it. It's fine. See, yeah. give it to me. I need it. So we've talked about Oscar versus Io Sky. It seems like that might be a potential match at SummerSlam. Is one of the things I've noticed about Asuka, at least on the main roster outside of injuries, is that her title runs have not been super long Mm-mm. in my memory. Like, she hasn't been someone who's carried the division. She's just been sort of there as a force, had the belt, and they either take it off her or she unfortunately gets injured. Is is Eosky someone who you think they're going to try to transition the belt onto to give her a chance? Or is this... Are they going to start feeding Asuka talented opponents to build her up the audience. it feels so dumb to say build her up like she like she Oscar. needs the experience or anything like she's not a legend but for the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but no, for the audience to her. watch and, and for to not legitimize but like go like this is going to be this is going to be a long this is going to be a, a long memorable title reign rather than you look back on some people's careers and go oh yeah they held the belt a bunch of times that's great but i don't remember i couldn't tell you anything memorable about any of their runs just that they had it a bunch of times Mm. like mick foley had the title a ton he never had a long run it was more like he had the title to to just hot shot it back onto someone else or he had the title for for a great moment and then lost it at SummerSlam. he did it because because uh uh i forget what it was it was like stone cold didn't want to put over triple h Mm. so 
Mick Foley goes over that he's like, I'll put over Triple H tomorrow night. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, Whatever same with like same with like Mercedes. Like, I I don't want that. I want her to have a long run. But also at this point, the news is out that if you fight Oscar, you might get super pregnant. So now I'm everybody- so glad you brought it up because I was like, <laughs> find your moment, Julia. Slide it in. Nobody's ready for Oscar or a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Even Bianca posted and was like, this is how she going to get me. Okay. I and then tag Montez doing. in it as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're sleeping on the couch, Montez. Yeah, no. But, uh, so, yeah, uh, they they got to they got to make it a short run so she doesn't like doom the entire locker room. <laughs> yeah. It's how they move everyone up from NXT. They're like, oh, well, how are we going to like transition? Oh, well, everyone's pregnant now. So like, I guess we gotta. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for WWE babies. Just all the kids being in a nursery. I don't know who Nanny would be. I assume Nanny would probably be like, I don't know, Happy Corbin. Like just someone <laughs> watching all the big kids. So big and carrying such small babies. Such small yeah. babies. Oh, because he doesn't have he doesn't have to carry beans anymore. So now he can carry babies. <laughs> I love Happy Corbin. I will always miss the bean spot. The beans were so good. I, was, I miss I miss Sad Corbin. I know. I just, that was Sad Corbin, wasn't it? Was it Sad Corbin? It was, was it sad, Happy Corbin? No, it was sad, became, sad Corbin was the one sad who had Corbin, the beans. Then it became happy. It was Lucky Corbin, then Sad Corbin, yeah. and then Happy Corbin, right? <laughs> yeah. Or is it the other way around? No, that was the one. He, yeah, okay, that was the right order. Because he's happy Corbin things. now. This is the hero's journey. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. It's, 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 We've been telling this story since the dawn of time. A man had means, he's sad, he's lucky, he's happy again. He finds his family, he eats a Chipotle bowl while everyone else puts the <laughs> ring up behind him. Yeah. Isn't it weird to think that that Cameron Grimes is still using to the moon as a catchphrase? Where It's really when weird. When that is like a very specific... Uh, Reddit, yeah. Reddit tries to take over the stock market <laughs> reference that is dead. We're not talking about it anymore. Not. But he's still using it, and it's really weird. Every time I go, like, you can find something else. He probably still owns AMC stock, pal. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> he's still hodl. 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 Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that, like, his thing becomes it's just dated references. So next he'll be like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm going to subscribe to Twitter Blue. I just subscribed to Twitter Blue, everyone. It's <laughs> like these really dated, awful. Three years later, yeah. Oh, oh, Lord, I got a Google Glass. I'm going to start wearing it. (laughs) We asked uh, people out in the nation a conversation about their thoughts on Asuka. Jacques on Twitter said, I came back to wrestling right around the time Asuka transitioned to the main roster, and she was one who immediately caught my attention. Still mad Charlotte broke the streak. She has true star power, can be a total goofball or a terrifying killer, and Mm. both are equally believable. That's like the magic that she has. Mm-hmm. Is that is all that character is such a wide range. She can pretty much do anything on TV, and it makes sense. Like you would never go like that. That doesn't make sense to that character. It's br- you've broken the reality for me. That just doesn't happen. No, and the thing is, is that like she can be terrifying, or she can be like effortlessly funny. So it is one of those things where like she can go from being murder clown Joker to like funny yeah. pranky trickster Joker, and I would still buy it. Yeah, hundred percent. Haster on Twitter said, an NXT house show in 2017 that featured Asuka was our first date night since the birth of our daughter. Asuka's mixture of comedy and murder kicks won over the lady so much that she got one of her t-shirts immediately after the match. Isn't that lovely? See, that's a perfect... What a great Isn't she lovely? And she's a murder clown. (laughs) The the implication, though, is... I don't want to ruin this moment is, sweetheart, I know... That you've been through uh, one of the most difficult things 
that the human body can go through, which is childbirth. Yeah. And, and you've spent a lot of time making finally, sure that our baby is at home yeah, and safe and cared for. Yes. And you've gone through postpartum depression or whatever else you've had to deal with. And now we can finally have a date night. You've been itching. You know, you love our child so much. We we love our daughter and we want to spend every moment with her. But it's important to nurture our relationship as well. And also literally itching because the scars heal. <laughs> yeah. And your scars are healing and, and everything else. And I love you so much. And I know you don't like wrestling, but I'm going to take you to an NXT oh, house no. show for a date. <laughs> no. We will go. We <laughs> I mean, Hester. I hope I hope your wife likes wrestling. I super hope well, that's true. And now I don't know. I guess one over the lady. I don't. It, it almost implies that she was not a wrestling fan, but maybe it was she was not familiar with, with Oscar. With Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's it. Or maybe but the she way just I didn't like is, Oscar from is, what she had seen, and then at yes. the house show, like she changed her mind about it. Yeah, we got it. We got to hope for the best here. And maybe this was after yes. like the the baby had been born for a while. It's not like she's sitting there on like those pads that you have to put in the freezer and then put them on to like cool down your hot parts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's not still uh, wearing the diaper underwear because like things just kind of fall out of you later yeah yeah like, her mm-hmm. organs aren't still rearranging because some of them wound up under her rib cage where they're not supposed to go mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean I, I we hope that's the case but it's way funnier if, it, if it's like uh, sweetheart i know i thank you for the the miracle that is that is our daughter who we love so much and you've sacrificed time to be here and to be a nurturing parent and we're finally having our first date night and I'm excited to tell you we're going to go to Sky Zone so that I can dunk with the trampolines. <laughs> we're going to go just to the basketball area and they're going to have a very nice chair where you can sit and watch. I got you this bowling ball as your push present. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, your Sweet hands won't fit. I used my hands for sizing. <laughs> it sounds like a very Homer Simpson. I got Marge a bowling ball for <laughs> lessons for, yeah. for our anniversary. <laughs> i know how you know i've really wanted to get diablo 4 and so thank you for this gift (laughs) you know how you love watching me play video games so so i bought us this ps5 yeah i I bought us this ps5 that i'm gonna keep in my office You just, anytime you want to play on it, you just knock. Yeah. As long as the baby's sleeping. Yeah. If the baby's sleeping and I'm not, and I'm not, you know, we're doing a clan raid later on. So I'm going to be on Discord most of the night. And if the baby's awake, just knock and let me know how I can help you. Yeah. We're not saying that's that's we're you, Pastor, no. but it is. What a hilarious right. picture that would be. <laughs> no. I actually think it's cool that's, that, that with, with the real thing is probably like, hey, do you want to go to an NXT house show? Yes, yeah. I would love to go. I to haven't an left NXT the house, house in six months. Yes, I would yeah, love yes, to do that. I left the house. I'm dying to go. Let's grab food and we'll go see it. I haven't been watching lately, but I'm excited to see who's out there. And then you get treated to. That was a great roster at that yeah. time too in 2017. Mm. If I ever make a person and the person that I made a person with is like, hey, uh, your push present is WrestleMania and it's in like two months. It's like, all right, motherfuckers, get these stitches in good and tight. I need them out before April. <laughs> you got to plan around it. You got to plan, around, plan it. around it. Yeah, yeah. Like, look, exactly. look, I'm sitting there. I'm doing I'm doing all the I'm doing all the stretches. I'm going to mania. <laughs> you gotta have a baby in October, so you got a good solid six months before WrestleMania. Like, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, <laughs> your body is on the road to WrestleMania too. It's important to remember that. 
<laughs> Gotta have that baby at SummerSlam so we can really build the storylines yeah. for WrestleMania. Oh, do you remember your first bump, baby? <laughs> <laughs> if you've got any thoughts on the Empress of Tomorrow or date night ideas, you can let us know on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. When we come back, we've got some things from wrestling we want to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Tights and Fights. Hey there, this is Drea Clark. This is Alonzo Duralde. And this is Sparta! Iffy. Listen, I got 300 on the brain. We just watched the movie 300 in honor of our 300th episode of Maximum Film. That's right. And to celebrate this major milestone, we brought back original co-hosts Ricky Carmona and April Wolf. But just for this one episode, right? Oh, Iffy, you know we could never replace you. Some of the voices have changed over the years. Heck, the name of the show has changed too. But through it all, Maximum Film remains the the movie movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white guys. Deal with it. Find this and all 300 episodes of Maximum Film anytime on MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, joined today by Danielle Radford and Julia Shafini. It's time to share the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. Julia, you are our esteemed guest. Please lead us off. So I mentioned earlier that I'm a theater nerd, correct? Um, Mm -hmm. I, a few months ago, I played hooky from work with my husband. And we drove from Long Island to Jersey City, which is not a ride I would normally recommend for anyone, but it was a Monday <laughs> and we we did it anyway. And I went to a theater in Jersey City and I watched a show called The Last Match, which is oh. a Broadway musical, but also a wrestling show. All I need is just one Have you guys talked about it on the show before? I don't know if we've talked about it, but I am 100% aware. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a review? It was wonderful. We had a great time. I saw the afternoon show. Um, Ramin uh, Karamloo is one of my favorite performers on Broadway ever. He is the best Phantom of the Opera. If you can watch the 25th anniversary concert that they did, absolutely amazing. But that man is one, smoking hot. Two, learned how to wrestle pretty damn good. And Matt Cardona sure is there um no he was fantastic but his character doesn't really sing and he just plays like a really hyped up version of himself who's like a real douchebag but in a good way (laughs) and they recently did a show at the queen's brewery where matt cardona showed up and then ramin was also there and then they did like a little bit of a like a fake fake promo and then fought Mm. and did kind of a not exactly a mixed tag match but you know like ladies were involved on the sidelines sort of thing and i just want if you are interested in musical theater, if you are interested in wrestling, the last match musical is available on Spotify, like the playlist is. So go check that out. It's one of my favorite things, and I genuinely want to see it like on a bigger stage. So the more people who listen to it, the better. You have found your audience because those yeah. are two of the things 
we talk about the most on this podcast. I knew it. It's a month or so I've been going out to New York and I just haven't been able to go see it. But it's one of those ones where I'm always like, if I'm able to get into town long enough to go see this thing, I want to see it. So like, I'm super excited to like get to talk to someone who's actually like not involved in it, but has gotten to see it. Yeah, I also I, I like kind of know a couple of people who have like done like they'll cycle through actual wrestlers who perform during the show in certain like matches slash musical numbers. And so like I knew the one time I actually did a match at that birthday party, one of the girls was in it when I saw it. So that was like kind of fun and exciting. But um they do very limited engagement. So you have to like kind of follow them on Instagram and see like when they're going to actually perform. But Danielle, if you are in town when they're doing a performance, I will 100% go and see it with you again. Because oh my I God, yes. Such a fun time. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. No, I will let you know. I think it may be moving forward. I hope I don't so. Know. I, I, will, I hope I, so. Well, I, I'll hope because I've, I've definitely been following it on TikTok and I'm, I would... I would love to see I that. imagine Come since on. they're still doing promotions and stuff like that, that like they are hopefully like they haven't abandoned the project or anything. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want it. They're doing all the right things. Doing yeah. all the right stuff. What would you like to put over, Danielle? Uh, Sandra Gray might be getting close to retirement. So for those of you who have been following this forever, you may know Sandra Gray from, I mean, obviously she is a seamstress and a gear maker all over, worked for WWE for years. If you watch Tote Steves, then she was on a lot of the Tote Steves episodes. She's been working with, she's worked with AE Dubs. She's also been just an independent contractor. As someone who was dealing with like carpal tunnel and back issues, I can't imagine what sewing for a career must be like and what what toll that must take. She is right there with Cindy Lauper as people I'm just going to yell that should be in the Hall of Fame every time the Hall of Fame nominations come around. I believe that Sandra's contribution to this business deserves a Hall of Fame slot. And she might be the first one who gets in just for being a gear maker. I'm trying to remember if like Jim Johnston ever got in or any of the folks who like make the music. Uh, I think think that there needs to be a new category. If we can add in celebrities and all of that other, like not nonsense, because some of them lately have been really good, no matter how mad it's made me. But if we can add in specialty categories and there needs to be a specialty category for people who enhance the talent in that way, whether they help make music, whether they help make gear, any of those things. I think that that is something that those are huge contributions to this business. And I think that there should be a specialty category for them. So yeah, Sandra Gray, um, and as Julian just put in, she is known for a lot of Naomi's glow suits, Mm. making sure that they glow in that dark. She is known for Scott Hall's blood drips and a lot of other stuff. I am a firm believer in giving people their flowers while they are still around to get them. So uh, let's get her here. And I mean, we talked earlier in the episode about how important a package is in building someone Mm -hmm. for the audience. Like, Mm -hmm. without that, we don't know who these people are. Without their their outfits, without their music, we don't know what to expect out of them. And I 100% agree. That's so good. So good. Yeah. There, there are plenty of people in that Hall of Fame that shouldn't be in there. Or there are plenty of people who have contributed a lot more to the business that should. Yeah. Hardcore. Including Cindy Lauper, who doesn't get the credit she deserves for helping make it mainstream. I will never shut like, up about it. She legitimized it. Come she on. She was an actual manager, y'all. It wasn't like she just showed up for like one yeah. bump. Like some people. Yeah. Like some people. <laughs> some people who look like they wear a diaper. No, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with wearing <laughs> diapers if you have to. I just hate that man. Cindy Lauper is a character. Thank you. And what I love the most in wrestling is character moments. 
great character moments, they fill things out beautifully. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment you may have missed. You would only have caught it on the replay. But during Ms. TV, when when uh, Dominic, when Dom Dom slapped Cody in the face <laughs> on the replay, on the replay, you get to see Rhea's reaction in the ring. And it is so good. Like, she's another person like LA Knight, like MJF, like the top of the top of the top performers who is knows their character so well that they're in it all the time. And they everything they do works within that character. That her reaction was so good. It was such a great character moment. And it carried through to, to their exit as well. But I, I encourage you to go watch that segment and watch the replay of the slap. The whole thing was great. Just I, the, Dominic was great too. I don't know how much of those how much of that heat is being pumped in, like if it's a mix, but there's certainly some booing happening. He's not reacting to nothing when he's in there, and it's it's real Rhea's so good. She's so good. Just like She's just solid gold, and uh, it's great to see her having having uh, another moment and one that will not be the last moment she has in the in the business, of course. But just a great character work moment is, is her reaction to that slap. And she yes. just got one million, uh, or was it one million, two millions, whatever it is, like the two what, million, two I million think. on TikTok. She's the most followed active WWE superstar on TikTok. And you should watch her TikToks, and you'll understand why, because they are in character, which means they are fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. if you, if your listeners like check the time, and there's an hour left, it's because I'm talking about how big of a crush I have on Rhea Ripley, and mm-hmm. I I straight up could talk about her for an hour. I just, we'll have you back she, for that, please. I would love <laughs> yeah. that. We'll have you back for that. Well, that does it for Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Danielle Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. Julia, thank you again for joining us. Tell everybody where uh, where else they can listen to you, where they can find uh, Spirits and join the party yeah. and everything else, where they should follow you. Absolutely. Um, thank you for, so much for having me, first off. Uh, my name is Julie Shafini. You can Google that and find most of my stuff. Uh, Spirits is a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore told through a queer feminist perspective. And Join the Party is a actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. We have a bunch of different campaigns. Our current one is a pirate campaign set in a world of bug and plant people, and it is very, very fun. I play a tea witch who is made of tea plants, and it is a fantastic and lovely time. So check it out. That is awesome. Danielle, what's going on with you? Sorry, I just got so caught up in D&D actual play that my brain just yes. like fucking blanked. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to go back and watch the actual play that I just stopped on, the Star Trek one, that was super fun. You can go back and find the info on just um, Danielle Radford, my my Twitter. If you are a fan of the Eric Andre show, the new season, uh, the premiere just came out, and then go in the credits and look for a name you might know. Maybe. Well, there you have it. You can follow me on social at Hal Lublin. I'll I'll tell you what's going on there. It's I, I'm just uh, if you have old Star Wars toys you want to give me, I'll I'll take them. Fair. It's also fine. convention season, so you're about to be real busy. Uh, yes, busy staying at home. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. He's good. I'm good. I'm ca- I'm th- I'm three years, three months, and counting. I'm good. Good. I'm good. I'm well done. Gonna ride this out. Well, I'm on a uh, on a symphony of medications. It's like my 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 medical situation has gotten worse. What? But I've not gotten COVID. Hell yeah, a win. So the latest thing is, I'll reveal this here as a podcast uh, exclusive. I have a growth in my brain on my pituitary gland 
that I have to get checked out. That uh, mm. it's not it's uh, benign. These things are benign, mm-hmm. but uh, it's uh, you hope that a pill will solve it, and then you have to go through your nose like Total Recall to take it out. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole thing oh! that freaks me out. And then you have to go to Mars, and there's a whole thing there, you know. Yeah, and then you have to go to Mars. You're going to have to get like, your ass to figure Mars. Out, <laughs> like, am I, is future me, or is past me lying to current me? What's true? What's not? Don't is Sharon trust Stone really Stone. my wife? <laughs> yeah, forget it. I'm going to go find Quato. Anyway, you can follow me at Hal Lublin. Our producer is the shadow of a setting pun, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fund members that keep this show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels, which you can find in the show notes, and find our Tights and Fights WrestleMania shirt at maxfunstore.com so that you can celebrate Ice Cream Christmas all year long. I wear my shirt at least once a week because I always just wear five shirts. It is insanely <laughs> comfortable. Like the material of all the podcast shirts that I own, it is the best one. It's like, really soft. I, that is no, not a lie at all. No cap, as the kids say. It's a great shirt. You mean me. When what? he says the kids, he means me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Everybody here is younger than me. No, Julian I'm not, could I'm not actually be my son. You know, I'm not the kids. I just try to talk like what? Hello, fellow teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could be Julian's father. Like, I'm not, but I could be. That's how young Julian is. Julian, can you pop in real quick before we say goodbye? Sure. <laughs> now he's already testified. I was what? actually here the whole time. I realized, I realized we haven't... Uh, oh, you were here the whole time? We, I, I, we haven't checked in, in in a while now. Just a number. What are you benching right now? Oh, gosh. What are we up Guys, to? Guys, this is very how exciting. Many bills? I found out that I was actually 175 pounds, which was 15 pounds heavier than the last time I weighed myself. <gasps> so you know all that hey. little progress you that make every single time? Cow, it works every time. Yes, wow. baby. Gains, 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 yeah. gains, 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 gains. So what's that PR looking like? Where are we? Where are we there? Three uh, hundred. Yeah, at least three I mean, hundred. You know, if you don't actually, if you just like kind of go by feeling and not by counting them, then it feels like a yeah. lot more every single time. I, I imagine you're like Bruce Willis in in uh, Unbreakable, where it's just you're tying paint cans to it. You can't mm-hmm. make it heavy enough. Yeah, the bar's bending. You're like it's like well, you couldn't go to a gym for a long time, so you had to just improvise with items around the house to get stronger. So. Sure. Yep. Look, I've worked out with a soup can. I ain't too good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't throw out those gallon hey. jugs of water. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week for more. You guessed it, wrestling. Here comes the pain. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported